Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. <laughs> it's funny how we lock up items on the shelves, but not the criminals who steal them. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show. That's that's ironic and funny. It's it's true. Oh yes, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> they lock up the stuff and not the people who steals it. Yeah, that's that's like. Isn't that a direct reflection of today's society? Biden's America. Joe Biden's in big trouble right now. Well, we can get into that later, maybe, if we have a shame segment. I, I got to tell you, the guy's got nothing but shame on his resume now. Everything he's... The, the three military people that got killed over there, you know, he's, he's not responding to... He's 160 times. Yeah. He's let them attack us and no, nothing. KJP nothing. got on TV to try and explain that. And Who's KJP? The Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre. The, oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, she couldn't say their names. She just said people. and But then she did say that they were working on our behalf. Yeah, good. Yeah. So you know, American soldiers are doing uh, soldier work over there. She should be working at McDonald's. You know, and then she could say, you want lies with that? <laughs> um, it's Ben Kitchen. Hello. Notorious Ben Kitchen. Dropping the C word last week. What are you talking about? Yeah, Ben. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that didn't happen. Bill Smith, who never uses the C word. Ever. Never. Because uh, he's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's another way to put it. <laughs> well, if he'd used that, we wouldn't have brought it up. All right. I think I said pussy like nine times last <laughs> podcast. So, you know, talking about, who was I talking about? Kevin Graham? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so now. Anyway, so. Okay, so. Now. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So we're brought to you by, I'll get this out of the way, okay? We're brought to you by, can anyone raise their hand and tell me who we might be brought to you by? I can, I can, Go I ahead. can. Who? Pro Automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or he SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro, 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 pro. Automotive. 199 Oxford Avenue, Dudley, 626 South Main Street, Webster, and 8 Englewood Street in Webster. Fine people, trustworthy people, quick, professional, and if you got something wrong with your car, then they have the cure. I, you thought I was going to say it again. No, don't they have a, a slogan? They do, and their slogan goes like this. If you've got... No. Oh, go ahead. If, if there's something... Oh, no, no. If something ails your car, Pro Automotive has a cure. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, <laughs> Pro Automotive is who to see. Hey! Pro, hey! Pro, hey! Pro, hey! Pro, hey! Pro, Automotive. Also brought to you by the world's greatest coffee cake, and it's undisputed. My grandma's coffee cake. Call one 800 grandma to order one for a close friend of yours, and they will thank you forever. Or go to mygrandma.com. It's that simple. Uh... You know what I was thinking? When I was thinking about Richie Talieri and his uh, Melrose restaurant called Giacomo's and Melrose. Yeah. And I'm thinking how funny it was growing up in an Italian neighborhood, which I did. My neighborhood was mostly Italian mm -hmm. and Irish. As long as you were Catholic in my neighborhood, it was your, you could be part of the neighborhood. You ate well. But what we used to do is, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, moe? That, that whole thing there? No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. We had the Italian version was this. You ready? Yeah. Any meaning tutsatini, aga, gugolini, atatata, novolata, out goes Y O U. 
There what? it is. That, I like that better. That what? was it. That was what the, my neighbors would do instead of eating meeny miny moe. Choose somebody for the team. Eeny meeny tootsatini aga googleini atsatata novalata outgo ma on you. That's a true story. A cultural Connecticut lore there from Manchester, Connecticut. Um, you know, I was thinking I might retire after this podcast, not tonight, but this month, forever, and go off into the sunset and become the world's greatest Home Depot employee. <laughs> Which department? Doesn't matter. I'm going to know where everything is because the first thing you do when you see somebody at Home Depot is you go, "Yeah, where are the light bulbs? The incandescent. I got to get a light bulb. Oh, okay, that'd be aisle six at the end. Yeah, they all know, and they love you when yeah. you just tell. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they're like, okay, they go wandering off all happy. Well, that's what I want to be. I want to be that guy in the orange apron. I like. I, I've never gone to one of those Home Depot guys, or even at Lowe's, <laughs> and you say, "Oh shit, there's a guy." I'll ask him. You never get the eye roll. It's always uh, nice and friendly service. Yes. Oh yeah, that'd be aisle six. Yes, yeah, halfway down. You know, and so occasionally they'll help you out really in a big way that you didn't expect. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm looking for a hammer. Oh, that's aisle four. By the way, you're flying low. It's <laughs> you know just to help you, just to help you get there without any. Stares from the young ladies. Okay. Now, uh, Ben, are you okay? Yes. Okay, wake up and smell the coffee, Ben. You're over there. You're looking, I've been awake. You're looking at YouTube videos. Speaking of that. What? We want everybody that listens to this podcast, this is really important to us and to our financial futures. Mm -hmm. We have to get to a certain amount of, uh, of views with a certain amount of subscribers as well on YouTube in order for YouTube, who's got all the money in the world coming out of their ass. <laughs> To pay, to pay us for our YouTube videos regarding this this podcast. So what we would like to uh, have everybody do is go to YouTube, and they find it because it's, it's called the Planet Mikey Podcast. Is that what it's called? Uh, I believe it's just Planet Mikey. Oh, podcast. Planet Mikey, not Planet the Mikey podcast. Yeah, because they, right there's, there was another one. Planet Mikey podcast on YouTube and just subscribe. And even if you never ever watch it there again, if you subscribe and we get to X amount of subscriptions, then what happens? Do we get 10, 12, 14 bucks? What does a listener each get? Time? <laughs> listener gets our love and respect. That's <laughs> forever. And you can comment there and you can just, and if you want to, you know what? You can w turn it on and w walk away and let it, if you don't want to watch it. Okay, here we go. What's that? Where's that coming from? I have no idea. Well, I didn't do that. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I did not do it. Yeah, somebody touched <laughs> something that made that play. It just started playing. It was weird sounding, though. It was like muffled. Well, yes. Yeah. Okay, somebody, come on. There's a joke going on here. <laughs> souls. I thought Ben it's, was playing it's something. January. January food. <laughs> I mean, this. Uh, Anyway, I don't know how that happened, but that's a glitch. That's a that's what we used to call a snafu mm. on the planet on the uh, snafu. old TV what is, uh, snafu? What does that stand for? S S uh, uh, sister Situ situation S normal. <laughs> all, all fucked, fucked up. up. Yeah. All right. all right, God, I got a whole list of things I got to get. I got to get off my plate here. Hey, but I got, I got a question. Let me go. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah, go yeah. Go, go. I was yeah, thinking go. about. I heard somebody uh, on the radio on some one of the sports stations talking about. Uh, the the Brady Belichick era and it's over and it's you know it'll never be the same again and now Bill's gone and it's like, gosh you know we we lived through a wonderful time and I started thinking about how phenomenal it was that that whole period of time twenty right, years right from the day that he filled in for uh, for a Bledsoe 
It it was like yeah. hot right from the right from the start. So I started thinking about all the success that the Patriots had, and I have these questions. Okay. Uh, Brady set the performance bar simply because he was an outstanding player. But what effect did that have on the other players? And do you think that it did? And that's what caused the uh, the team to play better because of the bar that Brady set, or was it Belichick's coaching? Well, not I think it was a combination platter mm-hmm. of all those things because when you when you're a good player and you're looking at teams to go to and you look at the Patriots, you back then you say, "Wow, they're they're really doing well." A lot of people went there just to try to get a ring and then get then they got out. Yeah. But uh, it, it not only are you a magnet for the better players when you have a good chance of winning, it's like what the Red Sox are not going to be able to do next year mm-hmm. is to get good players because nobody wants to go there because they know it's a team that's in in decline. Yeah. With and the thing about Belichick was. And all these detractors, I'm really pissed off that they're disrespecting Belichick yeah, on this thing. They say, oh, he's nothing without Brady. Well, he made Brady. You know, in other words, he, he's the one who put him in the in the position to do that. Yep. And then Brady they, they forget that the yeah. defensive prowess of Bill Belichick gave Brady many more opportunities to shine on offense because the defense would get the ball away with turnovers and 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 you know field position. Brady wouldn't have been the Brady that he is now without Belichick coaching the other side of that team and, by the way, drafting him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I don't like to hear that. I think they should share the glory. Both guys should share the glory for the amazing run that the Patriots had. And don't disrespect Belichick. All he was was the record-breaking uh, six-time Super Bowl champion mm-hmm. and a guy who took a franchise from dismal existence into the prominence of the National Football League for 20 years, and he did it during the free agency era and the salary cap era uh, with the hardest schedule every year and the lowest draft position. So when you start ragging on Belichick, I think you're full of shit, and I, and I automatically disrespect you. How many other coaches have lasted that long? And done that There's, well? None. none yeah. And <laughs> done that well, yeah, that's right. the key. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, some of them have lasted that long. I mean, you know, uh, Tom Landry, uh, you know. Uh, Chuck Noll. Don Shula. But Shula holds the record for all-time wins in the NFL history. And right now, Belichick is chasing that record. He's, a, what, 12 or 14 wins behind that? 15, I think. Well, is that all? Yeah. That's close. That's the all-time record. So, and by thank the way, you, Don, thank you. Don Shula never had to deal with free agency. He never had to deal with salary cap. Yeah. He just kept the same good players year after year. Wouldn't that be nice? <sighs> so thanks, Bill Belichick. Thank you. I hate when people disrespect Belichick because he's legendary and I like the guy. And thanks, so. Tom Brady. That was a whole lot of fun for 20 years. It's great stuff. I have gr- it's like 70-30 split favor of, in yeah. favor of Tom. For, from whom? From Ben. From me. <laughs> I'm the great uh, arbitrator. Consi- hey, I decide. Bill, <laughs> consider the source. All right. I know. Hey, I have some really important public service announcements for you. Really? Yeah, I have the solution. Solutions to green energy problems in this country. Okay. These are two very green energy big ideas that I want to claim credit for. Are you on Team AOC now? No, 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 not at all. Greta Thunberg, maybe. No, this is no. I'm I'm trying to do this in a way that makes sense with people without having to be blocking traffic. How dare you? <laughs> you bringing up your soylent green idea again? Nope. Okay, there's three there's three things that are important. Little, you're gonna laugh. I know you are. You're gonna make fun of me. Number one, little windmills on every house. What are you Dutch? 
You know the chicken in every pot thing they used to say? You know, get mm. chicken in every pot? Well, first of all, I, I, I'm a subscriber to the pot in every chicken uh, theory. A. B. Right now, do you know what chickens cost compared to what they should cost because of Joe Biden's inflation? They're, I heard a lady on TV saying she bought a chicken for 20 bucks today. <laughs> 20 bucks? Chickens should be $6, no more. Eight, maybe, right. if they're really fat. Anyway. You talking live chicken? A chicken that you cook, a whole chicken, you know, that you put in the oven. A Bell and Evans chicken. Little okay, windmills you. on. <laughs> but you know, they have these things that's, I think, a company's called Slipstream or Starstream. And you can get these little um, turbines, wind turbines, you put them on your roof. And they go down and they charge batteries in your in your basement, and especially yeah. if you live in a windy area. You, it's more efficient than um, than solar power. And you know where we live, every everyone knows it's windy. <laughs> windy has stormy eyes. Uh, did, you, did you get the association there? I yeah, I did. Okay, now about the little windmills. If everyone has a little windmill, and I mean probably the biggest one would be about six feet tall, on their house. Yep. And, you know, you can turn them in the way that so that they're most apropos for intercepting the wind and turning into electricity. They bolt, bolt onto now, the roof or the chimney. Yep. If they only give you 1% or 2%, which they, they should perform better than that, of, of the energy, it's once it's up there, you have the windmill. Like, it's all the Dutch people have them on, in Holland. You know? In Holland, they say, you know, I'd like to save on wind power, wouldn't you? <laughs> Wouldn't you? But no. And why wouldn't every house have... Hold on. Speaking of blowing. What is it? Uh, oh, my. That was a good one, Mike. Look at that. Oh, There's a slug in there. Holy crap. A live slug. Okay. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Little windmills. <laughs> yep. If you have little windmills on every house, then everybody saves... Uh, how much? And it's free. Yep. It's all free because once you've paid for the windmill, it's your electricity. That's the first thing that that would help. Yep. Never mind these offshore whale-killing giant fi- things in the middle of the ocean off Nantucket. Never mind that shit. Give everybody a little windmill. What do you think? They don't want you to do that. Then they lose their power as a utility, and so they can demand all sorts of well, rates. Okay, but I'm, I'm trying to think clearly here for, for and, the world. But it makes sense. So do the uh, the hydrogen fuel cells that you can get from. Can we get some windy, windy yeah. weather? As the hurricane said to the coconut tree, you better hold on to your nuts, pal. This isn't going to be any ordinary blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Point two, you, you, in the winter... <laughs> All the uh, electrical devices in your house have heating elements, cooling elements. You know, you either got an air conditioner going in the summertime or you got the refrigerator. What I don't understand is why do you have the refrigerator to keep things cold when the winter outside air is 30 and you're, you're using electricity to generate cool air in your refrigerator? Why not revent the entire system so that the cool air automatically, you know, AI smart, when you need the refrigerator cooled down, you get the air from outside. That's even if it's 40, you know, 50. So it'd be efficient to place the refrigerator on an outside wall of your kitchen. That would help, but you could also just do that using the proper plumbing piping, <laughs> Joe. So you revent the refrigerator in the winter and the cool air outside and the hot air to heat. In the heat, 
When you need heat in the wintertime, the, you know, the hot air that the refrigerator takes out to make the cold air gets blows back into the heating system. You recycle that stuff. You're making too much sense, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're making too much sense. Why didn't someone think of this before me? Okay, number two. That was number two. Oh, number number three. three. Number three. three. This is the most important one. Number you know three. how electric vehicles and all this shit going yeah, on? Yeah. Every car, instead of having a moonroof, has a solar panel. Every car. So that w- when it's sitting in the parking lot for eight hours while you're at work it's in the sun, charging. it's charging the battery. Or when you're driving down the road and the sun is out, you're charging the battery. And what does that do? It augments either gasoline or hybrid uh, or electricity, whatever. You're getting all that energy for free. So you don't have to recharge the battery as much or as often because you have a solar panel on your car that helps sustain your mileage and your duration. Suck if I live in Seattle. But it's going to be no good. (laughs) Doesn't that all make sense? Yes, it does, Mike. Thank we'd like you. To, we'd like to hear from you on those ideas. Uh, PlanetMikeyPodcast at gmail.com. What was that? The Planet Mikey? <laughs> the Planet or just Planet? I just just says, Planet. It says Planet, planet. Mikey Podcast. Yeah. At planet gmail. Mikey Podcast. Let me, let me podcast. Chill. I'll figure it. I'll figure. Hold on. Eeny, meeny, tzatzatini, aga, googolini. Okay, page one. What does Paul Harvey do? Page, page one. Page two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had some. Uh, all right, how about this? Let's delve back into into the um, ancient archives. <clears throat> I heard a news story troubled me greatly because I was a huge fan yeah. of beech nut fruit stripe gum. Have you had it? Is Not that, for many many years. They have like red and white stripes on. They it? had stripes. It was like yeah, yeah it's like zebra stripes. Like creepy, on it. creepy zebra. Yeah, five different colors. You know, so. What I did, I thought as I was thinking about, oh, and they said well, we're going to eliminate it. Beach nut is not going to make it anymore. And I'm like, ah, oh, here goes a piece of your childhood, piece of my heart. It's true, Janis Joplin, gone forever. So I Just thought, like Janis and I still because I still remember the jingle from when I was like eight. Piece of gum. So to test that knowledge, I asked Ben Kitchen to locate the the jingle that I remember vividly. And perfectly from my childhood. And what year was this? Oh, 62. Oh. I don't know. It was way back there. Yipes. Stripes. Beach nuts. Got them. Yipes. Stripes. And fruit stripe gum. Yipes. Stripes. Five different flavors. Get beach nut fruit stripe gum. Hey. There they are. Look at the zebra, the elephant, the, uh, what is that? Cat. Not to mention five different colors. <laughs> Cherry stripe, and lemon stripe. Cherry stripe, lemon stripe, orange. Fruit and lime stripe. Uh, mixed fruit. No, it was it was they kind of they they broke some ground there because you know they, the gum was actually colored different colors and yep. it tasted different flavors and it was all in one package. It's very progressive, but a little weird. Mixed fruit. It was good. See, I figure if good. they went woke, they could get the uh, the LGBTQ gum. Well, you wait. And the rainbow gum. That wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yes, that somebody will do that. Of course, and some of the old candy bars, like like Chunky, like I, I uh, whenever I see a Chunky, what in a, a chunk of chocolate. Whenever I see one at the checkout counter at a grocery store, I steal it. You do, <laughs> I do, and not because I don't want to pay two fifty for something I used to pay a quarter for. But uh, it's sitting right there, and if somebody says to me, "Oh, what did, what did you just put in your pocket?" I'll say, "Oh, a Chunky." <laughs> do, you, do you want some? Because it's a perfect candy bar for sharing. And it's the only candy bar I've ever had that had raisins in it that actually tasted good. Yeah. The Chunky. Remember that? 
I do. <clears throat> now, I had a girlfriend who was chunky. I never shared her with anybody, though, because she was pretty cool. Now, uh, back to the show. <laughs> What's the matter, Ben? You're shaking your head over there. SMH. <laughs> Don't do that. Shaking my head. Uh, <coughs> you wonder what? Should we drop in some, some shame? Shame, yes, some yes, shame. We Let's do it. And I hope you enjoy your fifteen minutes of shame. Ben's timing this because we. The one thing we don't want to do is bring down the whole mood of the show right. by shaming people, yep. you know, for 15 minutes and then having, you know, we'll come back to happy talk, okay? I promise you. But first, I know you guys haven't thought about this at all, so. What is it, Mike? throw a topic out there. Do you have any idea how much tickets are going to be for Super Bowl 58? Okay. I, I, I've guess. heard Go that. Ahead. Uh, come on, Ben. Throw a we're, guess We're talking like secondary market? Any market. It, it, how much are tickets? $12,000. Holy mo- Or as Phil Rizzuto once said, holy cow, $12,000. You better call the money store again. Holy cow. Uh, that's a really, really uh, good guess. Really? Yep. Oh, I was just being ridiculous. Of course. Super Bowl 58 ticket. Per- historic. They're at historic levels. The most expensive Super Bowl on record, according to Seat Geek and TickPick. Why do they have to have cute names for these ticket companies? So you don't forget. TickPick is what you take when there's a bug on you. You know, there's a bug on your on is your. Is this a tick? Pubes. Oh, how'd you do that? Seat Geek and TickPick say the average prices range from nine thousand eight hundred fifteen to twelve thousand eighty-two dollars. Oh, wow. On the secondary markets. Ugh. For reference, it is 70% more expensive than Super Bowl 57's average ticket price of $5,795, according to Tick Pick. Dick Pick. The cheapest. Whoa. Bill. Is that what you said? Dick? Yeah. No, Tick. Oh, Tick Pick. Sorry. T as in Tommy Tick. The cheapest tickets for Allegiant Stadium will be further away from the action, like the 300 sections on the end zone. You know what? Honestly, I've been to one Super Bowl in my life, and I had great press seats. I sat right behind Andy Rooney. Andy Rooney. Yeah, for the whole game. It was unbelievable. Uh, and, and Denzel Washington was five seats down to my left. Wow. We had great seats. Uh, I was still hungover, of course, from the night before. But... The 300 sections on the end zone in the corners, you, you know, if you pay $12,000, let's say you take someone with you. <laughs> it's 20000 bucks. That's crazy. For what? For a, for a four-hour experience? You know, you get the halftime show, I guess. You could look at it that way. Yeah, and the, all the other stuff that happens around the, the game. Oh, no? But, I mean, to me, that's just... A, Ticketmaster, 8000 StubHub, 6000 with fees, game time, tickets. They have a vivid seats. They're all in that range of between about six and about $8,500 for Super Bowl tickets. Jeez. That's ridiculous. Oh, shame on them, huh? Now, see how that fits in? That's crazy, man. Now, I asked you this, Ben. Ask away. This, this is a question I saw on the Internet because there's been a scandal about the casting of – Non-Jewish actors to play the parts of Jewish characters. Okay. And there's a term now that's called Jew face. Oh, man. You've heard of blackface, how they, you know, and they use that in the old days, the vaudeville, you know, to somehow, uh, I guess, make fun of black people. Yeah. 
Well, the the new thing, non-Jewish actors cast being cast in Jewish roles has brought, and it started with uh, what's his name, Cooper. What's his name? Bradley Cooper. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Hold on, hold on. I I want to throw a flag down. Isn't it called acting? I was about to do the same well, yeah. rant you're about to go right. on myself. It's acting, for Christ's sake. The whole point is you're supposed to act like something else. Yeah, that's it. Well, the term, Otherwise, it's reality. Bingo. The, the term dates back to the age of music halls in vaudeville, but the practice of non-Jews wearing outrageous costumes to demean and insult Jews extends back centuries to medieval passion plays. Uh, exaggerated noses, often made to look long or crooked, were part of the vaudeville experience. And uh, it's basically they're comparing it to the the way blackface was used to demean African Americans. No, that's just plain wrong. Well, here's what what brought it to the... In 2021, Sarah Silverman called the long tradition of uh, of Jew face, is what she calls it. Uh, She called it out uh, citing a planned Showtime series about comedian Joan Rivers. That series, by the way, was not... ended up not being made. You know, Joan Rivers obviously is dead. Um, but she says one could argue that a Gentile playing Joan Rivers correctly would be doing what is actually called Jew face. It's defined as when a non-Jew portrays a Jew with the Jewishness front and center. Hold on. Didn't uh, didn't uh, Joan Rivers get rid of her Jew face? Well, you know, <laughs> that's the ironic part about it. She had like 97, <laughs> 97 plastic surgeries. Uh, anyway, uh, critics of... Uh, What's his first name? Cooper. I know Bradley. some damn fine Bradley. looking. Why can't Jews? I remember his name? Bradley yeah. Cooper. Yeah. The the criticism included uh, because he was playing the part of Leonard Bernstein. Well, that's crazy. And they had to give a pro- they had to put a prosthetic nose on him. So they altered his appearance. Leonard so could- Bernstein had a big nose, which really isn't related to being Jewish. No, of course not. Because <laughs> you know, I know so many Italians that have. I big was noses. just gonna bring that up too. I mean. It- <laughs> So they augmented, Who would know? It's the same fucking face. They augmented it, right, his face well, so exactly. that he did the thing, yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's so what that's all about. fucking stupid. Everyone has to cry and bitch <laughs> about everything. Shut the fuck uh, up. Now, you, shame on... Uh, oh, there's a guy that, uh, that just got busted, and he was a, a former mobster. Really? Ooh, you know I what like he got these. busted for? No. Stealing 18 years ago... The ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz that Dorothy wore, Judy Garland wore. Oh, what a bastard he stole those. And if, I'll, I'll read you the story here. For a dying monster who confessed to stealing the iconic ruby slippers worn in Wizard of Oz, there's no place like home. Did he ever give them back? Well, listen carefully. Right. Mm-hmm. That's coming mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. He was spared prison time on Monday. His name, Terry John Martin. 76, faced a Minnesota judge who sentenced him to time served for the harebrained 2005 heist, which saw the reformed thief come out of retirement to pull off one last score, wow. in, in quotes. He, he, he wanted to pull off one last score. This guy was a mob-connected thief. He broke into the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and swiped the sparkly and... Red, the red, sparkly red shoes the actress wore while portraying Dorothy. You know, we all remember the ruby slippers. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They were big, big stuff for the Wicked Witch of the West. She wanted them bad, man. She wanted them. Uh, the ailing Martin, 76, he's in a wheelchair now with a, a an oxygen tank. Oh. He's like just, he's a, yeah, he's a mess. He remained stone-faced, though, because he's a f- professional mobster. As the judge handed down the punishment, 
Uh, and he was even unable physically to rise from his chair at the end of the the hearing. Like Uncle Junior? Yeah, well, right. He yeah. was a mess. Uh, so anyway, he he didn't... Here's the killer to this story. Someone told him that they were worth $200,000. <laughs> now, these ruby slippers, there's three pairs of them, and she wore three of them in different scenes. They were fake. They're, they're not real rubies. You know, he. I think he they're thought like they little were rhinestones or whatever, right? The little sparkles you yeah, put yeah. on your on your ballerina outfit hey. when you have a, a you know a uh, what do you call it? Something you're trying to tell us, Mike. So, th- he left a life of crime in the late '90s. Was living as a law-abiding citizen when, in 2005, he was approached by a former associate with ties to the mob who told him the ruby slippers were were actually insured for a million dollars, even though they were there. Anyway, he declined the invitation. Then he said, well, you know, I'm going to do one more score. So he stole the ruby slippers, found out they were shit. Now, do you think his mobster friends are pulling a prank on him? Yeah, go get them. They're worth at least $3,000. Well, someone told him they were real rubies (laughs) on the side. What, are you kidding me? For a movie prop? So they let him off the hook because he's dying. I guess he's going to be dead within six months. So instead of sending him back to prison to die in prison, they let him go home. You know, his fucking slippers. No harm, no foul. Hey, I got one. A shame on him for stealing. I got a shame. Yes. Two words. Yes. Taylor Swift. You shame on her? Oh, man. Jeez, I'm so sick and tired of Taylor Swift. I'm tired. Is she of wearing the, out her, her welcome and, with you? And uh, Kelsey, uh, Mr. Pfizer there. Jesus. And, and, you know, do you think the games are fixed? I'm, I'm reading no. all kinds of crap about this. No. Like, or at least scripted. Because they're waiting no. for Taylor Swift to make her big go Joe Biden announcement for president as, as the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. It's, it's Christ's sake. It's just, uh, it, it's too much. Well, and does she realize, too, that... You know, I mean, it's one thing to be, be Democrat or liberal or Republican or conservative or all that stuff. But when you commit, when you're that universally loved and making a fortune for being that loved, yep. that when you say, okay, you pick a side in the Republican national divide between, you know, Republicans and Democrats. Especially a hot you, button issue like that. You're potentially turning off half of America. Yeah. Did she say something? Right, I'm just tired of her. She's overexposed, and she's just kind of silly and girly, and always picks the wrong guy in her songs. Looks like she's picking the wrong guy for president. Well, you know, <laughs> Travis Kelsey had a good game the other day, and you know, and I'm not gonna. Well, I kind of like him. He's all right, but he's. I just wish he'd shot, shot up about the, you know, the vaccine. Look at me, I got proud. He got paid for it. Yeah. Got paid big money for he it. Probably did, as other have, but they uh, then they go ahead and endorse it and then die. Well. But I don't know if I would even do that, though. I mean, if I was her advisor, I'd say, you know what? Don't even, don't even tell anybody who you're voting Just for. Just stay out of it. Yeah, you're riding this wave of huge success and universal money. success. You yeah. want to take half a billion dollars that you made last year and you know and donate it to one of them secretly? Yep. Do that, fine. But don't get up there and say because there's going to be I'm a confused. lot of. Did she? Do something like no, but she she's publicly. She's, well, she's admitted that she is voting for Biden, right? Yeah, yeah. But since then, it's been just political crap, and it's just like, eh. yeah. I now, does it. she know that that Biden is like at the point now where he's you know dropping deuces in his own pants and stuff like <laughs> I that? Know. I mean, did, that's not very attractive to the brand, is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now we're still shaming, right? We're doing well with that. Yeah, we got four minutes. Let me shame a couple of Lyft. I, I, I succumbed to the pressure of, of Lyft and Uber driving. You know, I do both now. Yeah. So I, don't, I call myself Luber. <laughs> uh, I do. 
or ulip. No. Here's the thing. I picked up two really bad rides. I'll tell you about the first one because it's kind of reflective of what's going on in America and in Massachusetts. Does this happen frequently? You pick up the bad characters. Well, it's not even that they, they were bad. I went to, I got called to uh, the uh, Holiday Inn in uh, Marlboro, Massachusetts. Yeah, bad start. Well, no, but a lot of from I've I've had friends that stayed there, and it's it was always a nice hotel, you know, Marlboro, and I lived in Marlboro. People would visit, and it was nice. Yep. Well, I got there. And I pull up in front of the Marlboro uh, Holiday Inn, and there's a sign on the big sign on the door. The entrance says, "Irish need not apply." No, Mike said, Adams go home. The hotel is not open to the general public. Oh, so, well, what am I doing here? And then I noticed that people were walking around the parking lot and coming out of the door, and that they all looked like they weren't from America. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, a couple gets in with their little baby. Uh, and her name was Melania. I'm thinking, oh, she's going to be like Donald Trump's wife. You yeah. know? Well, they're from Uganda, didn't speak a word of English, and they were uh, acting when I pulled out of the parking lot that I was going the wrong way. And I got the app and the map. I know where I'm going because yeah. it's – they're trying to, like, direct me in some foreign language. No, I don't know. I'm going, <laughs> okay, what, what? You know, and I said, no, I got, I got it, I got it, you know. And I – the problem is this. The, it's closed to the public because illegal immigrants have taken every single room in the hotel. There are no rooms for anybody but the Massachusetts, you know, right to shelter people where they say, okay, go to this hotel. I'm thinking the hotel, okay, maybe they're getting paid by somebody. The state's paying them for the room or whatever. So that means you and me. Right, exactly. Taxpayers are paying for The state pays them well. Full they, rate Full plus. rate. But the hotel is like you—you you would never want to go there because you're—you're you're just engulfed by nobody. People don't speak English, and they're all illegal immigrants. Mm -hmm. So you say, "Well, but I was going to go for a dip in a nice pool." I mean, well, you know what? I can't get a room there. Yeah. Well, because the, it's all filled with illegals. The hotels are complicit in it because they're actually making more money by ha housing them. Yes, than they would be if they were open just generally to the general public because less. Less vacancy, right? And they're paying full rate. The state pays full rate plus. So anyone else, like, there's no nightly discount, like there would be None, possibly for you, right? Or something points, like that. you know, no, that room is fully rated every single night, and it's being paid for. And I'm sure it looks just as good when they come out of that room as it did when they went in. These these, uh, oh, these yeah. homeless people from yeah. across some other country. So I say to myself, okay, this hotel is effectively out of business. Now they're working for the state, and guess what? We're paying for it. And it's just it's tr it troubles me because if you if you wanted to go stay in a hotel, you're gonna you either have to pay for a lot, go somewhere else and pay double. I mean, it's just a terrible, terrible thing that's being done. Nine hundred and fifteen million dollars on the budget books for fiscal twenty twenty four from Maura Healy's budget to take care of illegal aliens. Almost a trill, almost a billion dollars in just. To make sure that everybody's happy and comfortable and gets their continental breakfast. Did you? I Yeah, I had to do it live. Sorry. But I didn't get to my guy, Kenneth. I'll do him next week. 15 minutes is up. There you go. Oh, that's it. Thank you. You don't like the negative talk. Hey! Why are the mics off? We're still doing a show. You turned the mics over. off. I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> there we go. You know, okay, fine. okay, that's 15 minutes of shame. I did, yeah. So we it's have over. basically See effectively bottom. rolled another podcast into the po- the other podcast. Yeah, and I uh, I forgot. <laughs> you get more for your money on the Planet Mikey show. Oh, yeah. All right, so I won't tell you about Kenneth, the guy who threatened me with a baseball bat, and I, and I, and I threatened him that I would shoot him if he didn't get out of my car. What? I'll tell you that next week. Really? When Fiore's here. John Fiore's going to join us next week from The Sopranos. That you were going to shoot him if he didn't get out of the car? I, I'll tell you the whole story <laughs> next week, because we ran out of time on 15 minutes of time. That's right. You didn't know that. Um, so that's what we'll do next week. Okay, if you don't, John Fiore's coming in, and we're going to talk about this, Kenneth, the asshole, who was the biggest asshole passenger I've ever had as a Lyft driver, you know. And and I'm going to also t- discuss my plans for recording every call and having a YouTube channel. Oh. Yeah, inside the inner workings of a Lyft vehicle with the greatest Lyft driver in the history of Lyft. You have to put a little sign in there, caution, or, or not caution, but this uh, conversation <coughs> may be recorded. Yeah, I'll just tell him. Yeah. You know. If I get a 400-pound woman, gets in the back seat, car sinks down about a foot and a half, and we you know, can't get any traction, I'm going to say, you're going to have to walk there, fatty. <laughs> All right, I'm not that mean. No. Um, I had another weird dream, though. Really? But before we do the weird dream, because I, I like to close the show with something light, like a kicker story, like they do on the news, you know? And tonight in Westfield, Massachusetts, a kitten... Who plays the piano? That's always the new. Now, this is a, we're going to have a contest. Okay. You guys, okay. Are, are we, you smarter than a fifth grader? Ooh. Now, you're each going to get five questions. Uh-oh. There's ten total questions, okay? Right. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Go ahead. What, ben, what ancient civilization built the Machu Picchu complex in Peru? The Inca. That's correct. That is correct. Ding! Give me the you, bell. You can go on to sixth. Give me the bell. Shut the. F- you can go on to sixth grade now. There, fifth grader. Oh, what's wrong? Yeah, there it is. He can't. He doesn't know how to ring the bell, but he knew the answer. <laughs> Smart kid. All right, Smitty. Yeah. How many countries are in Africa? Ooh, it's a hard question. Yeah. I better be- much harder than Machu Picchu. Uganda. I'm going to say um, 10. No. 54 countries. You're shitting me. Wow. I, sw- I say that. You were only off by 44 That's- countries. <laughs> Great. Good job, Bill. <laughs> you got a lot of vacationing to do over there. Learn Christ to- almighty. Okay, Ben. Yes. What are, th- what are the three types of rock? Don't say progressive oh, and punk and three... All right, hard, classic. Uh, no, um, three kinds of, you know, I'm talking here uh, geology. Sedimentary. Igneous. Sedimentary is one. Igneous, I'll steal. Wait, wait a minute, you can't give know. him the answer? He doesn't know. I, I was helping Ben. Igneous and Dushimaja. Uh, Dushimaja. Yeah, no, I'm the, sorry, you cannot get credit. No, that's, I think that's the correct pronunciation. Nope, metamorphic. Metamorphic. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you're one for two. Smitty? Yeah. Ah, which... Uh, one inch is equal to how many centimeters? Oh, fuck. 20. 20? <laughs> one inch? 22 centimeters. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. 2.54. Well, that's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, the good thing about Smitty is, you know, he's been dancing forever with this kind of stuff. <laughs> that's right. Okay, Ben. Yes. You're a bit, somebody over two, one for two. 
Ben, which blood type is known as the universal recipient? Oh, is that... No cheating. Universal this is fifth is that, grade is shit. Is that B plus? That was my grade point average, but no. Is it O? No. O B- negative. A B. A B. A B. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that makes sense. Wait a Act that, in Boxborough. Oh, that's the universal. <laughs> I thought the, uh, the okay. Well, it's it says universal recipient A B. That's fifth grade shit. You know, I'm sorry. He's one for three. You're zero for two. Here's Smitty's third question. Okay. What is the most abundant element? In the universe, that would be nitrogen. You're sort of close. What do you mean? Hydrogen. <laughs> he wasn't that close. <laughs> Wait, it was the gen. That hey, got oxygen me. is yeah, the one yeah. you need. Oxygen, though. hydrogen. And, okay. Yeah. See how hard these are, fifth graders. Jesus. Come on, everybody, get your books out and let's study hard. We got to really graduate. It was the MCAS coming up. Every um, Ben, yes. The flag of the European Union features a circle of how many stars? Oh, oh boy, thirty-eight. You know, thirteen. If I knew any of these answers, I would say you guys really suck. But I didn't know them either. <laughs> I know. This is no fucking Twelve. fifth grader knows this. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You guys don't know All shit. Right. So There's, what am I? One and th- there are one, twelve. Twelve. You got stars. one, one and for he's four. got none. He's zero for three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But let's see what he can do with this one. I bet he gets this one. What me? Yeah, Smitty. That's you. Okay. Uh, in what U.S. city do the Allegheny and Mongahela rivers meet and form the Ohio River? That would be uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Wrong. That would be Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. Wrong again. Uh, that'd be uh, uh, Toledo, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, where, Ohio, where I was born, <laughs> and so was John Dennis. <laughs> All right, last one for me. Oh yeah, well he's zero for four. You're one for. Th- I'm one for four. He's zero for four. Uh-huh. Okay, Ben, here you go. What? what uh, Back to the fifth grade. What was the uh, what was the original name of the city that was renamed Constantinople in the fourth century by Constantine the Great? What was the original name of that city? Uh, Byzantium. Yes. That's right. Ben knows that stuff. Yeah, history I stuff. Byzantium was something you take for lower GI problems. Well, that's history stuff. Uh, that, I was a major in that. I'm good at that. Lower GI problems? Yes. You I were ma- a major I majored in that? In that yeah. <laughs> so you were a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and here's the final question. This is, re- this is going to re- get Smitty out I of I already here. beat you. Hold on. I, I'm I just going to re- get him out of there. I can at least redeem myself. If a shopping cart contains one apple, two bananas, <laughs> three oranges, yeah. And four Provincetown residents, oh, what Jesus. percentage of the cart's total contents is fruit? <laughs> what was it? Say that again. Okay. 30%. One, no, wait. One apple, two bananas, three oranges, and four Provincetown residents in a shopping cart. Oh. What percentage of the cart is fruit? <laughs> oh, I'm not going to say all of it. <laughs> that hundred percent. I know that's weird. A hundred percent is the correct answer, <laughs> oh, and we have a winner. Uh-huh. And for your parting gift, a package of fruit stripe gum. Mm. Perfect. Yipes, stripes, five different flavors. <laughs> I had a weird dream. I had one more. I mean, I get these dreams. A dream. They're weird ones, though, and I always re- recall them. I, I make a mental note. Okay, we should talk about that on the podcast because dreams mean something. Mike, tell us about your dream. Okay, ready? 
I was invited to a yard sale in Wilmington, Massachusetts. And much to my surprise in this dream, it was going on at Kirk Minahan's house. Yeah, you know, remember, you remember Kirk Minahan. Now, Kirk wasn't there, thank God, because, you know, I hate that asshole. But I decided to take a look at the merchandise in Kirk Minahan's yard sale. So I wandered around a little bit, and I found a table that had a, a, a box on it with a bunch of old Playboy magazines. And uh, also in the box were uh, six, six bottles of Jergens lotion. And I didn't touch the lotion. I felt a little creepy about that. But I picked up one of the Playboys. Every single centerfold in all of these Playboys had been covered over with pictures of Mutt and Bruce Springsteen. Uh, either one. one of the, either Mutt or Bruce Springsteen. Every single centerfold someone had taped over put pictures of Mutt and Bruce Springsteen in their place. And, and, and all the pages were stuck together. And then I woke up. The end. Isn't that weird? That's that was, a horrible dream. That was a strange yeah, dream. Why are you dreaming about people you don't like? I don't. I don't know. And it, I think you know, so. Somehow he creeped his way back into my uh, subconscious. Was it in Technicolor? Stop letting him own rent in your head. But I'm thinking he's rich anyway, right? Right. He's he comes from rich. He wouldn't have a, a yard sale. So it was all <laughs> thing. The whole thing was so like theater of the absurd. So bizarre. Kind of like the song we're going to do. Oh? We've been asked to bring back Joe and Jerry for another, uh, what do you call it, a cameo? Yeah. In a <laughs> See? Was, the bell, bell is broken. The it wasn't broken. me. There it is. <laughs> you, you can't hold it. That's because if you hold it, it doesn't ding, dude. Ding. No, look. you got to hold it on the side. There it ding, is. Ding, ding. Yeah, we decided to bring back Joe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is like unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, John Fiore next week. Uh, meanwhile, Joe and Jerry are back for a, a special tune that uh, I think actually Joe wanted to do this one. He thinks he's got it under control. So, so here we go. Is that the lead in? <laughs> Whoops. Is that the lead in to Joe and Jerry? That's awful. Let's do that Smash Mouth tune. Troop, what do you say? You got it. Someone once told me the world is going to. Roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running, Joe. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. What's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get laid. All that glitters is gold. Can you believe it? Only shooting stars break the mold, Joe. Cool place. They say it gets colder. You're bundled up now. Wait till you get older. The meteor men beg to differ. Judging by the hole in the satellite picture. Nice we skate is getting pretty thin. The water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. My world's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it. I'll never get bored. Hey now, you're a rock star. 
Mr. Gimon. Go play, Joe. Hey, now, you're a rock star at Shaw's. Get the show on. Get paid. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. What? Tired. Need a break. Coffee break. Smoke a joint, Joe, or something. Lighten up, asshole. You ready? Here we go, round two, true. Said, hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Show on. Get paid. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars, Joe. Someone once asked, could I spare some change for gas? I said, go fuck yourself, asshole. I quit. I'm not working at this convenience store anymore. Too many dickheads. Easy, big boy.